Will you join me in a spirit of prayer? Holy God, we thank you for this day. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As many of you know, uh, Zach and I joined with a couple thousand folks in Indianapolis for General Synod, uh, the regular gathering of the National United Church of Christ body. This gathering is like a big family reunion filled with celebrations and special events and dinners hosted by special interest groups, ending with a very intense business meeting, but it is like a uh, very big uh, family reunion right before. So this year I attended two uh, special events, a night with the author Ibram Kendi um, and the ONA Coalition Dinner. Both dinners were fabulous and left me feeling so full both in my belly and in my spirit. But there's this one particular moment during the ONA Coalition Dinner that really stirred something up within me. For those of you who aren't familiar with what the ONA Coalition is, it is the body in our denomination that advocates on behalf of folks of the LGBTQ plus community and who equips our UCC churches to become witnesses to God's extravagant love, especially as it pertains to our siblings who identify with this community. This coalition is the group that granted our faith community uh, many months ago um, the designation of being ONA or open and affirming. And their work is so worthy of celebration. So during this dinner, there were four people who were awarded the Courage and Rainbow Awards. Special recognition of specific individuals who have been fierce advocates of inclusion and justice for the LGBTQ plus community. Three of these awards were given specifically to folks who identify as members of the LGBTQ plus community. The other was given to an ally, someone who doesn't identify as someone uh, who is part of this community, but who is a fierce advocate and ally for folks who are. This year's ally award was given to Reverend Tracy Blackman, the UCC Associate General Minister for Justice and Local Church Ministries. Zach actually talked a bit about our justice and local church ministries a bit earlier. She has led our denomination in some amazing work over the last several years in many areas of justice and equality, particularly in the fight against police brutality um, and violence against black and brown people. But this particular award was bestowed upon her for her for being an ally to the LGBTQ plus community, especially for her response to the mass shooting at Pulse, a gay nightclub in Orlando in June 2016. You might remember this. It claimed 49 precious lives and wounded about just as many physically, not to mention the wounding that happened in the city. Reverend Blackman was in Orlando that night, but not on purpose. She was there on purpose, but she was there to rest. 
She was there on vacation in between taking Sabbath time to restore herself so that she could continue in the faithful ministry that she typically does. But once she heard of this horrific situation, actually on Facebook, she has a picture of her in the plane on June 12th, which is the, the, the evening of that day is when this happened. Once she heard of the horrific situation, she knew God was calling her to respond. And she did. She put her rest on hold and went straight to Pulse. She tried to get into the nightclub, but she wasn't able to get in. And you can probably imagine why. It's a crime scene. But that night, she gathered with folks to pray, to mourn, to offer comfort and solidarity with the hurting. And she did this for days offering spiritual reflection on social media for those of us um, around the UCC who were watching and who were wishing we could be there. I've heard her speak about this faithful response in other settings at a young clergy retreat that Zach and I were at forever ago. And she talks about it as the ministry of going to the center of pain. And ministering in that place, both from her experience of, of, of being um, in Orlando during this horrific time, as well as her ongoing ministry in Ferguson, Missouri, after Michael Brown was murdered. And that conversation about going to the center of pain has drastically changed the way that I see ministry and mission of Jesus Christ. And has been a guiding light in the places of ministry that God has called me to. But it wasn't necessarily the fact that she had done all this amazing work that was most striking to me. When she accepted this award, this well-deserved award, she graciously thanked the hosts for it. But then she centered the work and actions of someone other than herself. Yes, it is true that she responded to this horrific tragedy. Yes, she showed up with her body and spirit right to the center of pain. And yes, it's true that she ministered to this devastated community in their time of need. But she used her means and access to resources to bring in a clergy person from across the country, Reverend Rena Ramos, who not only identifies as part of the LGBTQ plus community, but who is also Latina and she could speak Spanish, the demographic of a majority of those who were murdered. Reverend Blackman, a black woman who has fiercely faced and fought racism personally, recognized her privilege as a UCC national officer and discerned that it would be better to equip and bring in someone more able to respond specifically to this center of pain than herself. She recognized that this entire situation was so much bigger than Reverend Tracy Blackman. It was so much bigger than Reverend John Dorhauer, who was our general minister at the moment. It was so much bigger than the name UCC. What was important were these people who were, who were in pain. And in order to provide the support that she knew God wanted to give, she stepped aside. 
So when she received the award, reward, award, she shared gratitude for the honor, but then turned the honor over to Reverend Ramos. This act of humility became such a beautiful lesson to me as a fellow ally at this dinner. She not only centered the pain, but she centered the people in that center of pain and stepped aside to make space for someone who could minister more fully than she could. She took that honor she had just received for her allyship and bestowed it back to her colleague because her response to the tragedy was not about her. It was about the work of God she was empowered to participate in. And sometimes that puts us on the front line and sometimes that puts us in a support role. Our passage from Philippians describes Jesus in this way. A humble servant who used his privilege and authority to more fully love humanity. And coming to earth as a human, he actually emptied himself of this equality with God to become one of us, a particularly marginalized and oppressed one of us. He wasn't an American. He wasn't a colonizer. He was marginalized. And he did that so that we might see God more fully. This is what we what it means when we talk about Jesus as incarnation, that God sent God's self in human form, vulnerable to pain, oppression, and even death to be with us, to teach us, to guide us, to show us the holy way, and to spread God's love, God's pure love and concern for each and every one of us in a way that we might actually understand, grasp, receive, literally embodying God's love for us. That's what we mean when we say Emmanuel, that Jesus is God with us. I think it's really important to, to, to mention that Jesus wasn't showing us a different side of God. As if some impersonal or distant view of God was, was what was before, and now Jesus is the new God. But he showed us who God really is. Love. A loving God who is for us and who goes with us. Perfect love that is passionate, as William Greenway wrote, for justice and joy. An absolute sensitivity to the vulnerability, need, and suffering of others. It's this emptying of oneself that Jesus has shown us. A self-emptying, as William Greenway continues, is emptied of self to the degree one is overcome by the needs, pains, hopes, and desires of others. He says it's a concern for others that takes one utterly beyond self-interest beyond obsession with achievements and self-obsessing guilt over failures. That is the ministry of Jesus, a self-emptied servant filled with God's love and capacity to set aside any sense of ego for full service to humanity. So Paul, the author of this letter, who is writing to the church at Philippi, starts this part of his letter by reminding his audience that Jesus shows us who God really is. But then he reminds them of who 
just as he reminds them of who Jesus is, Paul reminds them of who they are in Jesus Christ. That the same heart of the one that they follow is within them. That same self-emptying love that moves us beyond that self-interest and obsession with achievements and self-obsessing guilt that Greenway wrote about and is rather overcome by the needs, the pains, the hopes and desires of others. He doesn't say to be Jesus to mimic him or to try to pretend to be like him. But rather, love with the love of Jesus that is within you, as you. Remember who you are beneath all of your desire for self-preservation and layers of self-doubt. Someone who has been changed by the love of Jesus and who, as a result, like our sister, Reverend Blackman, is equipped to spread love and peace in centers of pain, even when it means stepping aside for something greater to take place. Because it isn't about us. It's about God's love, God's healing, God's restoration. you're like me, um, that might seem a little overwhelming, um, that we uh, might pour out our entire self so that we can be um, an angel among us. Um, That sounds really good. But I think we all know how tempting it is to allow self-preservation and self-promotion to motivate the ways that we live. We like our name to be out there. We like to be known for being so Christ-like. That even our self, our most selfless, seemingly selfless moments come with mixed motives. But Paul reminds us that it isn't on our own that we are enabled to live like this. It is God who is at work within you. And the work of discipleship, of growing deeper and deeper in relationship with Jesus, is what helps us to live more fully into that kind of love. That's why we meet together week to week. It's why we immerse ourselves in the Holy Scriptures. It's why we pray, why we center ourselves in our sacred Jesus story. To draw our attention to the God we worship and to set our intention to live with self-emptying love. And we do this together because the life of faith is never a solo gig. We need each other as living reminders to stay the path and that takes a village. So on this World Communion Sunday, we celebrate the worldwide body of Christ, a diverse community comprised of wildly different people in different countries and walks of life. People committed to following this Jesus who come to this table filled with different kinds of breads and different cups for the same purpose, being nourished to live as people who are changed and changing transformed and transforming. There is a unity in this act that breaks across language, practice, even theological differences, big and small, because Jesus is at the center, not us. God's love embodied in Jesus is at the center, not our egos or our preferences. And that act is worthy of celebration and attention.